So Yinka just brought to my attention after recording the Westside Connection Put You Up episode some problematic things about Mac-10 off the mic that I was completely unaware of. I'm not sure where I was when the news came out about his domestic issues is yeah. what I'll call them to put it nicely. Right. I just want to put on record that had I known these things, I would have spoken about Mac-10 a little bit differently. In the episode, I said that I always enjoyed Mac-10 as a personality whenever I saw him on TV right. because in the glimpses that I saw him, he seemed like a cool, chill dude. I did not know about his domestic issues and knowing that, yeah, just take that into consideration when you hear my commentary about Mac-10 as it pertains to this album. And that's pretty much all I need to say. That's Outlaw's disclaimer for folks that haven't heard. Mac-10 was was married to T-Boz. They had a lot of domestic issues that were very public. I'm not going to sit here and, and try to color it. Uh, you can just go ahead and, and do your Googles. But um, definitely a very problematic character when it comes to uh, those types of issues. So that almost like the poster child, really, of that. Um, you know, I mean, him and Tretch. Uh, right. So, I did know about Tretch. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, you, y'all you can do your Googles. Uh, definitely, Outlaw just wanted y'all to know that yeah. he's, he's a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's it. Um, yeah, enjoy the episode. Yeah, peace. What up? This is Yinka Dez. Peace. This is Outlaw. Hey, listen to the 80s Babies podcast. And today we are very excited, or let me rephrase that. Yinka is very excited to bring you a Put You Up episode for the 1996 album. Debut album, I suppose, if you want to call it a debut. For the group. It's a super group. Yeah, super group. The West Side Connections bow down. West Side. Right, right. Yinka has been wanting to cover this album for... I don't know. Almost for as long as we've had the podcast. I think it's a must, yo. Um, (laughs) You know, one of the things that I've tried to evangelize from my perspective is uh, calling out Outlaw on his West Coast bias. But, uh, you know, just pinpointing certain records that for me were formative records that I think maybe some folks that were on the East Coast because of this whole East Coast versus West Coast thing didn't necessarily get. And this is like peak... East Coast versus West Coast, West Coast hip hop, but it's a very good album. In my so opinion. this is 1996. I was yes. not okay. October 22nd. All right. So this is after All Eyes on Me, right. before Don Caluminati. I'm curious, what other West Coast albums were coming out around that time that also had this same type of spirit as this one in terms of the beef between the East Coast and the West, specifically coming from West Coast artists? I think pretty much everything in this time frame is a bad answer, but like all of the individual members here were putting out albums around that this time. Even Dub so C? Like, yeah, Dub C. Dub C's album came out in 97. Okay. It was called The Shadiest One, I believe. Okay. And you get a lot of these themes on that album. We talked about Soul on Ice. Right. You know, which was a little This earlier. is true. Yeah, we already um, did the yeah. Put You Up on that. Right. And that also kind of, you know, had a couple records that had that. Even um, 40 Days and 40 Nights, which we also did, uh, which okay. came a bit later, obviously. But That was 1998, correct? Yeah. Right. But also, you know, the same theme. So I, I think, you know, around this time, like, you know, the 96 to 98 time frame, I think the West Coast or, or artists that considered themselves to be lyricists or NMCs from the West Coast definitely had a bit of a chip on their shoulder. And this album was like just them making an album that's just about that. So before I get into the chip on their shoulder, mm-hmm. why are we highlighting this album specifically? 
I just think this is a really, really, really good album. And okay. I think that it's sorely overlooked, you know, especially from folks that aren't from California. I think when you talk to people who are either big time hip hop, West Coast hip hop fans, or just, you know, grew up in California, this album is just like a no brainer. Like, don't even talk about it. It's almost like the 213 album, which okay. I think you're familiar with. Not as uh, much. Maybe. But, you know, where it's like everybody from California knows that that album is crazy, but people outside of California may not really okay. know about it. So where were you exactly when you heard this the first time? Man, I was like fairly new to California. Right, you were still on that bad boy, bad boy. Nah, actually, it's funny. Take um, that, take that, take that. When I like hopped off of a plane and landed in California, one of my first memories I remember my dad said... You guys are gonna need clothes because you're, you know, you're new here. So we went to a t-shirt shop to go buy some t-shirts. This car pulls up, damn near runs us, you know, clips us <laughs> in the in the in the parking lot, and bow down is coming out of okay. the, you know, and like the dude opens up the doors and you know you just hear bow down just pumping. Then we walk around the corner, bow down is pumping by, from and like every car is just pulling up. It's either Tupac or bow down is playing. Okay. So when I first got to California, it was. That was kind of jarring a little bit, you know what I mean? Because I, I was a Chicagoan, so, right. um, and Bow Down being a big single at that time, that whole summer was West Side Connection for me. Okay. And it was almost like an introduction to like, this is how you're supposed to feel about the East Coast. Okay. <laughs> so, That's uh, fair. That's but, fair. Uh, but, you know, so the where was I was like, I, I had just moved to California like maybe six months before this. Okay. And this album dropped. And um, this album, well, at least the single Bow Down and maybe a couple of other singles on here were everywhere. Okay. What was the critical reception at the time, if you can remember? This was like, you know, there's some little funny skits here that you have, like the, um, niggas don't... Oh, the interpolation from the Beatles. Yeah, like little things like the kids in my school were doing the skits, you know. So in terms of like my peers, everybody loved it. The critical reception in terms of, you know, the source and other folks, I think they all pretty much looked at it fairly favorably. Like it got like four mics, right. four stars in, I think, rap reviews, et cetera. There was one or two specific New York critics. Yes, yes. I that, saw that on the wiki. I chuckled that when killed, I saw that. That yes. killed it. <laughs> but I mean, there's literally a song on the album called New York the Critics. critics. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, it makes it makes sense why they would feel that way. When I saw that the one critic, at least according to Wikipedia, uh-huh. when I saw that, oh, this album was universally praised, except for this uh-huh. one particular critic from New York. I forget his name, but it's, it's on the wiki. Something. Yeah, yeah, it's on the wiki if you want to look at it. And so, I think, yeah, anyway. Okay. Do you so, want to get my thoughts on it? Yeah, or? I mean, let's get your thoughts and then we can, we can talk about the album more. Let's get into my positives first, okay. right? The positives, I do enjoy the beats on this for the uh-huh. most part. Right. I've heard some other West Coast beats that I think are better, but this guy's, it's a really solid production. It's a really solid, cohesive sound. Yeah. I think for the most part, the beats on here work for me. I enjoy the chemistry between the three group members. Mm-hmm. We've had other podcasts, specifically when we were talking about the locks, mm-hmm. and maybe even some others where the lack of chemistry we've highlighted that and that's not a problem on this album they work together they sound like they've been rapping for together for a long time they're comfortable with one another this sounds like a project that should work right right? so i like that aspect of it it's a cohesive project for Mm -hmm. the most part i think every track on here belongs on here there's nothing that i would really take out there's nothing that doesn't fit 
So I think that it's a cohesive project. So from that perspective, I think it's a very solid album. It never really drags. Mm -hmm. And each of the members, I think, have a lot of character and charisma. There's a lot of personality on this album. Mm -hmm. And I think that that shines. They do a good job of that. So Mm -hmm. those are, you know, aesthetically, Mm -hmm. I think that I don't have any issues with this album. I think it sounds fine. Before you go to negatives, do you have any uh, songs or or particular artists that that you would say are like highlights? I would say, from a lyrical perspective, obviously the highlight is Ice Cube. I think from a heart and soul perspective, if I could give it that, and that's actually one of my critiques, I'd say I'd have to give it to Mac Ten. Mm. I enjoy Dubsy's personality. Okay. I don't think he's very good lyrically. I've never oh. thought so. I, but I think he's got That's a good the first flow. Time I've actually ever heard that. I think he's got a good flow. I think he's got a good delivery. He's very entertaining. Mm-hmm. I've never found his lyrics all that impressive to me. Okay. So that would be my critique against him. But like I said, he works on this album. Like every single time Dub C comes on, like I enjoy listening to him. I just don't think lyrically he just doesn't impress me. So but no that songs mean, that are highlights. Would you say? So no songs that are highlights. Songs that are highlights. I would say. Bow Down is fine. Mm. Gangsters Make the World Go Around. All the Critics in New York. Do You Like Criminals? Those are probably the main highlights. I actually like Who Bangin' as well. Yeah. Yeah, Who Bangin'. Who Bangin' that, just the energy on that track. I just dig it. Yeah. The beat is cool. I just, I fuck with it. So yeah, yeah. those are probably my highlights. But even though I named some highlights there, I have some critiques with some of the highlights that I mentioned. Right. And there's some other tracks on here that I did not highlight that have very good qualities about them but there's other things that don't really work for me which is why i might have a problem here and there okay, the main ahead. one would be the gangster the killer and the dope dealer that mm-hmm. to me was a song on here with the most potential on it but mm-hmm. i got some questions in okay. fact i have questions about this entire album all right go for it very first thing negative wise mm-hmm. this album feels so empty to me okay there's a lot of bravado and that's cool and i get it but at the same time too i have a difficult time taking bravado seriously Mm -hmm. if i don't think there's anything to back it up so my main thing here before i can even really address this album i have some questions Mm -hmm. who exactly are mac 10 and dub c and i know who they are Mm -hmm. but i don't know like i know who ice cube is right like i know most of his story know who he is Mm -hmm. i don't know that much about mac 10 or dub c other than I've always enjoyed Mac 10 as a personality, mm-hmm. whether he's speaking, whether I've seen him in movies, whether he's just on TV. It's like, oh, there's Mac 10. Like, I've always just enjoyed his style. Just, mm-hmm. I've always liked him. But I don't actually really know who he is. So, if you could help me out, mm-hmm. specifically with Mac 10 and Dub C, what are their right. stories? Dub C is actually one of the longest reigning hip hop artists, like gangster hip hop artists, to come from what, the West Coast. Like, I know that. Uh, a lot of people will say DJ Quick was the first person to ever bang on wax. He was on tapes in 87, 88, you know, gang banging on wax. But Dub C was actually a member of the Mad Circle. The Dub C and the Mad Circle, I'm sorry, came out in like the early 90s. Okay. I'm talking like 91 maybe. Coolio was a member of the Mad Circle. Okay. So he was, Coolio actually was like a hype man to Dub C. Dub C also was in a group with DJ Aladdin who's one of the most famous DJs to ever come from. from right, I'm familiar um, with from, that name. Right. So they had a group together, and they came out in the late 80s, okay. early 90s. So Dub C has been doing it for mad long. 
Um, he's actually one of the most respected MCs to come from the West Coast. And he's obviously also a crip, right? Okay, so, so that's what I'm more curious about. I'm mm-hmm. less interested in who he is as an artist mm-hmm. and what his street cred is. Okay, so Dub C's street cred is is actually one of the... He's one of the folks like a King T who okay. like his street cred has never been questioned in okay. terms of, of the West Coast. And we want to talk about the street shit, which actually I, I think the street shit is kind of whack to some degree, but because of the fact that this album is so heavy on the Yes, that's why it stuff. matters to me. Mac 10, I think, is the 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 piece for, for when we talk about the street cred. Um, okay. West Side Connection, obviously, because of where, you know, this album is coming from, we know that Ice Cube is actually not a gangster, right? right. <laughs> Dub C is giving him the cred in terms of being accredited crip, right? Somebody okay. who everybody knows is like, is solid as a crip. Hip hop was heavily crip oriented at the time when this mm-hmm. came out. And so Mac 10 being a blood was a big deal in terms of him being added here. And at the time, Mac 10 was kind of the way Dre was bringing Snoop around, right. Ice Cube was bringing Mac 10 around. Right. Okay. So, um, you know, Mac 10 was supposed to be a blood, a well known blood from, from, you know, a specific area. They're calling themselves the West Side Connection. They're talking about a worldwide West Side. Okay. And they have like a, well-known crip and a well-known blood you know also in the group together okay yeah so is mac 10 actually a dope dealer because i'm assuming when we mm-hmm. talk about the gangster the killer and the dope dealer i'm a you know mac 10 even has a lyric i think in that song where he mentions refers to himself as a dope dealer right. so i'm assuming that dub c would be the killer and ice cube is the gangster which we know he's not which he proudly has not been from much of his life. Right. So is Dub C a killer? I mean, we don't need to snitch on anybody, but I mean, like, yeah. is that his rep? Is that his cred? I wouldn't say that. I think that's this here. So that's you, just you, you just have to give them artistic. Okay, that's fair. That. Yeah. that's fair. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Okay. So, yeah. So as much as I was entertained by this album, there were also a lot of songs, a lot of lyrics, a lot of things I heard that I was kind of laughing at. Like, I just kind of right. found silly. And maybe that's because it's 2018. Right. It's not 1996 when the album comes out. So uh-huh. maybe if I listened to it then and I was in that environment, I probably would have felt differently about it, right? Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a negative for me. And then the other thing, too, is just there's a lot of misogyny and sexism oh, in here. Yeah. I mean, and it's over the top and unnecessary in a lot of places. So, um, I, so those I, I are had, some of my negatives. So this, your second point first, I had a feeling that you were going to say that. Yeah. And I think that it's intellectually unfair to say that you're okay with having a whole homage to Pimp C and sure. an entire album that sure. features Pimp C. And then as an afterthought say, sure. oh yeah, but you know, there's some misogyny on it, but then paint or taint the, a whole album with misogyny when it really has maybe two songs that are actually completely focused on misogyny and not paint an entire album that is focused on misogyny. So I will address that. So Uh we both have acknowledged that we don't like the misogyny that's in Pimp C's music. We acknowledge that it's there. We still like the music, but we acknowledge that it's there, right? The other thing too, at least in terms of UGK and Pimp C's music, there's a lot more heart and soul in the music that they did than the See, music that's, that's in here. That's opinion. Right. Fair, fair, yeah. fair. For the most part on this album, right. I like I said, I think it feels empty. Yeah. And part of the reason is, is that particularly with Ice Cube, and we can do this when we do a track for track analysis, mm-hmm. I don't really believe him. So it's kind of empty. So then right. when I when I highlight the misogyny, it's just like, oh yeah, 
there's all these other things, and it's mm-hmm. the last thing I listed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and there's, me, there's this misogyny. So too let me great. go to the other the other piece, right? right. Um, the emptiness due to, I guess, the bravado. So when you listen to the game, or when you listen to Dr. Dre, or when you listen to Snoop Dogg, mm-hmm. do you feel the same way? Because none of those people that I just listed, you know, I mean, the game actually being the toughest of the of the three, right? Uh, from a street cred perspective, at least when he was on the street, are super crip super blood people either right and we did a whole tribute to the chronic and we never once mentioned that you know maybe dr dre isn't out here doing drive-bys maybe you know snoop dogg is not out here you know doing drive-bys and slapping hoes sure. and etc right so i don't mind, I just think that, that it, that's i just think not that how I was, that's not really how i'm looking i think at it's it. a little unfair to taint an album that came out of the heart of gang culture right right? and i think does a very very good job of painting gang culture as somebody who kind of grew up around that when that was going on sure i think that this album actually does an incredible job of painting the scene as to what things were like at that point in time so i think that that emptiness that you're feeling comes without context and I think that, that, is, that's, that's that if you're able to give artistic license to Dr. Dre when we're listening to his album and there's all these drive-bys and we're slapping hoes and, and all that other stuff, but then not give the same artistic license to Ice Cube, who Dr. Dre and Ice Cube pretty much came from the same background and came out of the, the same group, right? To not be able to give him the same leeway. I think it's unfair. Well, but we're talking about one specific project. That's not how I feel about Ice Cube in general. Mm -hmm. I also went back to listen to Ice Cube's first three albums. The first two I'd already heard. I'd already heard America KKK's Most Wanted and Death Certificate. I actually listened to The Predator for the first time this past week, and I was blown away. Like, there were tracks on there. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Right. Um, I still need to go back and listen to Lethal Injection. I hear that's one. It's not one of his best ones. It's dope, though. But... You know, those three albums, there is a lot of heart on there. And yeah. even though Ice Cube is not saying things that he himself did, yeah. you still it still resonates with the audience. Like, you mm-hmm. understand what he's doing. He's being a storyteller. Mm-hmm. He's trying to deliver that heart and soul from the hood, convey mm-hmm. his situation mm-hmm. with his music. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily sense that here. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think, honestly, I think that this album, in some ways, is an ode to gang culture. And in some ways, it's like a yo. We're from the West Coast, and we're proud that we're from the West Coast. And that, and those are like the the central themes to the album. Okay. I don't think that you know, Ice Cube is somebody who went all the way out to New York and recorded with the Bomb Squad yes. because he believed in what their message was. Right. Like he's somebody who ran with NOIs. His solo projects were about what he was about as a man. And mm-hmm. I don't think that this album is supposed to be an Ice Cube album. I understand. I, mean? I understand that. Yeah. So you want to go into the track for track? Yeah. Let's do it do we need to start off with the intro or can we just go into about let's just talk about the intro like how did you how did you feel about it i only listened to the intro like once or twice so every other time i went back to listen to this album i just went right to the song yeah but i thought it was i thought it was funny yeah uh the skits on here in general especially with like the pledge you know i thought that was funny but no just the idea that hey this is who we are we're taking over ice cube dub c mac 10 aka the gangster the uh, killing the dope dealer and this is just what it is i was like all right you know it's cool i thought it fit well with what they were trying to do that pledge kids said that pledge on the schoolyard and i felt like they they meant it more than they meant the pledge of allegiance like that's cool i could dig it yeah but anyway so bow down it comes out right out the gate with bow down all right so 
Ice Cube is a big fish in a small pond, right? Yeah, he's he makes a lot of fish references. Yes, he does. He references yeah. people who guppies. are not him as guppies a lot. Right. So I'm curious though, if he's a big fish in a small pond, what small pond is he referring to? Is it the West Coast? That's a good question. Like I think and, it's and, just... and, and it's a relevant question because he mentions it several times on this album. Yeah. So if you're a big fish in a small pond, but the West Coast is hard, I'm being a troll right now. Yeah, you're clearly. Just like that's not a serious thing, but it got my attention. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So I think he just needs to stop mentioning fish so much. But anyway, <laughs> that was I think the song is fine. The, the beat is dope as well. It's hard. It's got energy. And like I said, it's a good thing that Dub C can flow and sounds nice on the mic. He does not impress me lyrically at all. He does have a good verse on here, and I will highlight that when we get to that track. Chuck wearing, still sporting a beanie. The shadiest one with a click. Who want to see me as I slide my locks on? Let my khakis hang. West side, connect gang, connect gang. Bing, bing, bang. Dog. Yo, it's this entertaining. Is like, it's entertaining. This, no, see, this is, this is your, you lack the context. Like, the fact that he slides his locks on unless his khakis hang, like, that's like, yo, you talking about like how we grew up. Like that's, I, I, okay. just, I love, I love everything. The content of what he's saying, his flow, everything. But I think maybe some of it is some like you had to be there. Like certain jokes when you take them out of context, they're not funny anymore. That's maybe fair. like some of his bars, you just had to be there. First of all, but let me clarify. Yeah. I don't think that he's whack. I don't dislike Dub But C. you said that his verse on here wasn't good, and I, I disagree. Well, it depends. If we're talking about the written lyrics, right? I, lyrically, he does not impress me. But yeah. that doesn't mean that his flow and his delivery don't impress me. I yeah. do enjoy his flow. I do enjoy his, his delivery. Really I do enjoy me. his voice, his persona on the mic. Yeah. I like him as a personality. Right. Just lyrically, when I see the Dub C is featured on a track, I'm not expecting to be blown away by anyone by his lyrics at all. I think for me, that's it's the opposite. When I was okay. growing up, when I would see Dub C's name on something, I, I definitely wanted to check it out. He's one of the people that, um, you know, his flow is unique. And like, he's somebody who listens to a track and then interprets it differently than everybody else does. And so I know he's gonna come from left field in terms of the way he comes on the track. And um, another person like that is Twista. Growing up, whenever I see Twista's name in the credits, I would immediately go to that record because I want to hear how Twista interpreted and, and flowed on that track. Okay. So um, I, I don't agree with you there. Uh, Bow Down was on that 97 compilation that we talked about uh, a long time ago uh, with the, the source hits. Um, so actually when I listen to this album, I, I usually don't listen to this song. So I, I was uh, the last couple of days I've been listening to this album and I've actually listened to this song again. And I really enjoy it, man. And I think, you know, this album is heavily influenced by your parliaments and your George Clintons. Yeah. And like this record is like just right up in that, you know, that whole just it's just funky. Like it's just really funky. Yeah, yo, it uh, sounds record. good. Yeah. You haven't there's no tracks that I would take off of this. It sounds great. You're not yeah. gonna hear me hate on that. I actually have one record that I would remove. All right, well but, we can get yeah. there when, yeah. when we get there. Right. That's pretty much all my thoughts on Bow Down. Okay. Gangsta make the world go round. I love the use of the sample by the stylistics. Me too. It's really good on this. Yeah. Um, you know, they 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 don't really change anything. They just they do the most. They get the best from the track and they just make it sound smooth. Yep. It's a perfect piece of production. I got no problems with the beat here. I do have some issues with Ice Cube's verse, but here's the thing: his lyrics on here are nice, right? Like I love the the just the concept. I can run the nation from incarceration. Like I was like, oh, like yeah. I was smiling. I was like, all right, that's cool. But then he says, uh, "Go to school is what they tell us, but niggas in school are scared of the good fellas." Like, all right, 
this is where I first have to raise my hand and say, okay, I have, a, I have a problem here. Okay. Because like I said, you know, those first three Ice Cube albums in particular, those are dope as fuck, mm -hmm. right? And I understand that that's, those are Ice Cube albums and those are not Dub C, or those are not Westside Connect albums, right? Right. But he spent an entire three years of his career convincing us that he wasn't a gangster, mm -hmm. telling us that he wasn't. Right. In fact, he's like, look, we're not all gangsters. Like, that's not my life. That's not who I am. Mm -hmm. But now that's who he is on this. There may be some context here mm -hmm. that I need to fill in, and that's fair. Yeah. But at the same time, too, listening to it, I don't have to believe it just because yeah. there's context. I can look at this objectively and say, no, that's bullshit because I know Ice Cube you don't believe that shit. He doesn't. I think for you, like, I'm seeing a, a pattern here. Machiavelli and Tupac's catalog is very similar in that way, right? I think we talked, oh, actually, we talked a bit about this on the Departure episode where we talked about me as a recording artist, you know, or the Mike Tyson, everybody has a plan so they get punched in the face, right? Mm -hmm. um, when somebody is in a fight or flight mode, they're regressed to the, their id. So, you know, when, when Pac got shot and, you know, et cetera, and he seemed very paranoid and then he came out with Hit Him Up, right? The majority of his catalog is not Hit Him Up. The majority of his catalog is not Machiavelli. But in that mode, in that mentality, that's what he created. I think that's a very good album also. And I think it's the same here with Westside Connection. I mean, you will hear pretty much beef on every single track here, right? Mm -hmm. So this is not Ice Cube giving us, you know, I've really sat down and contemplated, you know, existentially what makes me a human, and, and this is my, my, my album. This is Ice Cube, I got punched in the face and now I'm coming for everybody. He went at Common, he went at, uh, you know, Cypress Hill, he went at, I mean, he went at everybody. Like this is, this is just a guy who's been punched and is just swinging wildly, and that's what the whole album is. And I. You know, I, I think that there's a space for that. That's cool. I also yeah. don't have to take it serious, and yeah. I'm entitled and allowed to chuckle at it when I hear. It. No, that's fair. I'm not. I'm not telling yeah. you how to feel. I'm telling you how I feel about it. I think it's good. So, in that same verse, he says, "Kids, when you grow up, who the fuck you want to be? Like me, the black superhero." So, got enough zeros to hire Rob Shapiro. Look, dope lyrically, but at the same time, that's not. Again, that's not what you about. Like, that's not the black superhero that you're talking about. Like, it's just. I'm just, I don't know. It's hard for me. I can't get past that without laughing at it. It's my point. Can you listen to this objectively as a piece of music without trying to take your ice cube in this particular context hat off? I can. But when I do that, I also have to acknowledge that this album is empty. That's what that's what my, my, my point to that is. So look, like I said, I listened to this album and I enjoyed it, right? Like I've been listening to it all week and I'm like, oh, like I'm bouncing to it. It's cool. But I also, I'm not taking it seriously at all. Right. That's pretty much my point. It's almost like candy to me. It's, it's superficial. And that's not a problem. There is definitely a space for that. There is other superficial music that no, I really, really so like. Much. You listen to Migos. You just told sure. me you love the exactly. Migos. And yet you want to talk about this album can't be good because it's superficial. I didn't say that it wasn't good. <laughs> I didn't say that it wasn't good. I said I had some issues. Particularly you just told us that Two Chains made the best album of the year, but you can't listen to this because it's empty and superficial. So I personally don't <laughs> think that that Two Chains, Pretty Girls Like Trap Music, is empty. Okay. I actually don't think it's superficial. I really, legitimately think that there's a lot of heart and soul on that album. Okay. And maybe you didn't listen to it, and maybe I'm crazy for thinking that, and that's fair. But that doesn't mean that. Like, I don't listen to Pretty Girls Like Trap Music and think that album is silly. There's only one track on there that I don't like, okay. right? But at the same time, too, 
I'm not saying that there isn't a space for superficial music. Obviously, we're talking about Migos. I don't take that shit seriously at all. That's fine. But at the same time, too, I can enjoy the Migos. I can enjoy this. But I get the sense, though, that this is not something that we, and I mean the collective we, want to put in the same categories as like superficial Migos music. We want to put this into like, yo, this is critical West Coast music that you know is, is, is a pivotal album for the west coast movement for gangster rap if we want to put it in in my opinion for what i'm listening to it doesn't resonate as serious particularly with ice cube now like i said i don't know that much about who dubsy and mac 10 are so maybe there's some more heart and soul for them in particular i think that mac 10's best verse on this album is this gangsters make the world go around that verse to me has a lot of heart on it. When he's talking about his personal experience, you know, um, he's going to play sports and then, you know, blew out his knees or whatever. And then he's switching to drugs and all this other stuff. Like, and it's not just those bars. Like the whole verse is a dope verse to me. Right. And so like that to me is something like, oh, okay, I can take that serious. But when Ice Cube says that like, yeah, they tell us to go to school, but then, you know, kids in school are afraid of gangsters and kids, who do you want to be? You want to be me, a gangster. Yo, like, I have to laugh at that. I can't take that serious. Like, because I know Ice Cube, you don't believe it. You don't. So, like, I, I don't have to take that serious. I can laugh at that. Can I not? I mean, you can laugh at whatever you want. <laughs> I just, am I, is, am I crazy for thinking that? No, I just think that you're biased because I think that you decide to look at certain things with a critical lens and you decide to take your critical lens off on other things. Well, and it depends on what we're talking about here, though, right? Like I said, if we're talking about this as a superficial piece of music, so, I'm fine with it. So I preface this by saying that this album was a pivotal piece of West Coast gangbanging music, mm -hmm. right? You said that you were okay with calling something pivotal to just trap music or pivotal to X. So, I mean, I think now you're saying, well, you know, but we should be comparing this to Life After Death or or we should be comparing this to Illmatic, right? In that no, you're saying I didn't, that well, I didn't you, said, either of those two albums. you said, you know, uh, well, you're saying that this is a pivotal West Coast album. And I think that something can just be very good for what it is okay. as opposed to having to be very good in comparison with something else. No, but like, again, I'm not trying to criticize this. All I'm saying is that I'm listening to this, and as I'm enjoying it, I'm not taking it seriously. That's my point, especially, particularly Ice Cube and these couple tracks, right? And mm -hmm. the way it opens, I'm not taking anything of what Ice Cube says seriously. That's right. my point. Okay. That doesn't mean that I can't enjoy it. That doesn't mean yeah. that I can't recognize that it's good. As we started out this episode, I mentioned the, the highlights. Right. You know, I think that lyrically, Ice Cube is a highlight on here. The music is dope. The vibe is cool. But at the same time, too, like, I'm not really resonating with it in terms of like it's just not something that i'm taking serious that's right. my point so gangsters make the world go round. i think dub c has a really good verse on this one um i, I like that verse a lot do you like it more than mac 10's i really like mac 10's verse on here i like dub c's flow better than mac 10 um i, I think, think he has a better flow than mac I, 10 in general i think mac 10's content was good here yeah yeah so all the critics in new york obviously this song is great i love the way it starts out and i'm curious though there's a lot of bravado in here. Help me out. Who specifically are they referring to? Like, what are the what are the critics here? There were multiple critics, like in terms of the the magazines, the, okay. the sources that Double right. sells that that got at them. But very specifically, um, and you hear it later in uh, Cross Them Out and Put a K, I think. 
Dub C decides rather than talking about Cypress Hill, which everybody else in the song is talking he talks about, about Cypress Hill, he talks about Q-Tip. Mm -hmm. um, Q-Tip had had an interview where he said that he really didn't like the way hip hop was going, and you know he really didn't like that it was getting all gangster. Mm -hmm. And so they they took that as an opportunity to get at him. So he's he's one of the people that they're talking about on there, but they're just talking about just in general. I think one of the thoughts here was at the time, um, hip hop in terms of the labels, in terms of the um, the magazines, all the sources, the double XLs, whatever was out at the time, were all based in New York. Right. So as a result of yeah, that, sure. all of the press coverage was coming from New York. And so the feeling was like that the West Coast wasn't really getting a fair shake because all of the narrative was being painted from the East Coast. And I think that's completely and, fair. And that's that's a completely about. a fair assessment from your part and yeah. from where they're coming from. I, I get it from that perspective. I like this mm -hmm. song. Like I said, there's a lot of bravado on it, but like mm -hmm. I can listen to it and smile. Yeah. You know, and is this the is this the song? Where he says uh, Ice Cube says like Fuck your backpack rap Or whatever He says Fuck your baggy jeans Fuck your magazines I Th love Does that. he also say like Fuck your backpacks Or whatever He might have said that I think Dub C said that No I, It was that line Ice Definitely Cube. came from Ice Cube I think okay. it's on this song Yeah I think it's on uh, that, that line is great I love it <laughs> Even though Even though New Yorkers Are not the only ones Who have backpacker hip hop There's yeah. backpacker hip hop On the west coast I just think I, I just I loved it the, I, I thought that the, line was great The other The other thing Just the, the line That I said before I think a lot of people Probably wouldn't get Just listening to it So In in the In this time frame The mid to late 90s On the west coast Like from a fashion perspective You know Gangsters wore Khakis and chucks mm -hmm. Like that was the thing Khakis yeah. and chucks So Jeans was like like, oh, you trying to be on some East Coast shit if you wear jeans. <laughs> so, like, him saying, fuck your baggy jeans, it was, like, literally, like, a fuck you to the East Coast on, on, on that. I think some people missed that. So, so nah, I, that's, it's a, it's a good track. Do you like Criminals? Dubsy has a decent verse on here. Yeah. And I really like the hook. Uh, do you like Negroes, him and those individuals? Cold criminal. Yeah, I like I like I like the hook on here. But my favorite verse is from KD. KD. Yo. <laughs> Girls look uh, so He says, uh, I know you're Catholic, but can you have dick up in them guts all the way to yeah. yeah, that verse that verse is dope. I like yeah. KD's verse on here. The rest of the song on here, I mean it's fine, yeah. it's cool. So this song is like very, very problematic. Like it's like <laughs> it's a song that like might not even be able to come out in twenty eighteen. That's probably that bad. True. But I loved this song growing up. I like this you. song was was a highlight for me. Cross them out with a K. Or wait, no, that's not even the next one. Gangsters the next one is don't the gangsters. Dance, we boogie. Stay the fuck away from a rookie. It's just them saying like the a hook. That's and then for, it goes into That's it. for the dance, uh, gangsters don't dance, right? Yeah. So then we have the gangster, the killer, and the dope dealer, right? Right. This song, I think, had the most potential in terms of having a song with more like heart and soul. Just the beat uh, is really good. Oh, yeah, it's really good. The beat is. It, it's weird. You almost have like a, a, a classical vibe, but then you almost even have like a spaghetti westerns vibe with like the, the, yeah, the chance and stuff. Yo, that's that's butter though. He he's the one I told you about from um who did a lot of this stuff on the exhibit album. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the production on this song is uh is 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 dope. But again, to me, it kind of felt empty. But then again, if you're saying that Dubsy is who he is and Mac Ten is who he is, right? Like if you if the way you described them at the top of the show, if that's who they are, I'll go back and listen to this track with a different perspective. Mm. Like I said, I didn't really know much about them and 
it kind of does matter to me a little bit, specifically because the one person in this group that I do know about is Ice Cube. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I'm listening to Ice Cube and I'm like, I know that's not who you are. Yeah. And because I don't know who Dubsy and Mac-10 are, I'm questioning who they are as well. But so, I think you did a good job of illustrating exactly who they are. Mm -hmm. And so in that perspective, the content coming from them is definitely less empty now. So quick question. Do you feel the same way when you listen to NWA? Because Ice Cube wrote almost all the lyrics for, for NWA, right? But there's so, a lot of political content on there. Yeah, and but even, there's also a whole lot of bitches, hoes, and gangster shit. Sure, but I think at some point, if there's no balance, at some point it becomes tiresome, mm -hmm. right? Because there's a lot of that bitches, hoes, and gangster shit on his first three albums, right? Mm -hmm. But there's balance as well. And I think that's what makes it work, okay. right? There's no balance on here. Yeah. And that's, that's why it just, at least coming from Ice Cube, it just didn't yeah. really work for me. I just think that, you know, Ice Cube's pen game, he's always kind of been able to take it wherever he wanted to take it. Mm -hmm. So, um, and so... You know, with N.W.A., obviously we, we're, we, we've established that Ice Cube isn't some hardcore gangster. Right. But um, Eazy-E was, mm -hmm. and Ice Cube was the pen for Eazy-E. But know? I also don't so. think that Ice Cube is particularly lying in his early work. Just because he wasn't those things didn't mean he didn't understand those things, right? What I'm saying is this. Okay. I think that Ice Cube is very empathetic of that. And I think that when I listen to the early hardcore raps from Ice Cube, what I hear is someone who is trying to get us to empathize with who these people are. That's not what I hear on this album. I just hear bravado coming from Ice Cube, and that's okay. the main difference for me. Okay. But the next track, though, I was really curious about this, right? Mm -hmm. um, because I enjoyed it, but I don't understand. What is a K? Help me out. All right, so in gang culture, a K is like killer. So... Okay. So it, so like let's say you and I are from are from rival gangs or whatever. If I'm coming for you, I would put like like outlaw like like your initials with a K. Okay. That means we looking for you, right? Oh. Um, and so that um, helps. <laughs> I, I didn't also, know. it's also something with um if you you'll notice with uh like somebody like DJ Quick for example, mm -hmm. right? There's no C in his name. Right. Um, the reason is because when you put a C and a K together, that means Crip Killer. When you put a B and a K together, that means blood killer. So, like, he actually, out of respect to the Crips, didn't put a C in his name. That's cool. So, like, Crip Killer, Blood Killer, ABK, Anybody Killer. Like, that was, like, people were telling you what they were about. And well, so good. This is good information. They're, they're, they're this. coming at cats, and they're saying, you know, we're going to cross. So, that was the other thing. If you tagged your name, let's say you put Outlaw, mm -hmm. and somebody came and crossed your name out. That means they're coming for you too. Ah, so they said we cross them out and put a K. So that's okay. like we letting you know we coming for you. My favorite line on here is from Ice Cube when he says, "I'm not an MC, I'm not a G. I mean, I'm A to fucking Z and everything in between." Uh, yeah, I like Ice Cube. Ice Cube is nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what's his face? Dub C definitely came at Q Tip. Yeah. And he's gonna what's he gonna do? He's gonna wrap him up and put him in the back of the trunk. Is that what he said he's gonna do? Like he like said he was gonna <laughs> rape him and all kind of stuff. Yo, they they, they do yeah. a lot on this. Yo, there's yeah. a lot of problematic stuff on here. It's especially if we get into <laughs> King of the Hill, there's a yeah. lot of uh, homophobic, antagonistic language that we'll Ice Cube there. We'll uses. get there. With Cross Mountain, I'll put a K, one of the things I wanted to highlight here is, and, and actually uh, you, you, you also talked about King of the Hill. Yeah, they, um, they, go, they go right back to back, right. appropriately so. So Dub C is, is actually not on King of the Hill. I noticed that. And Except at this, the very end, I think he's laughing or something like that. Yeah, he laughs at him. He says, so you got knocked the fuck out or something right. like that. And then on Cross Mountain, I'll put a K, he doesn't speak on Cypress Hill. Mm -hmm. And actually, this is something that Dub C has actually 
gotten a lot of respect from people on the West Coast for because Ice Cube was the one that had beef with Cypress Hill. Mm -hmm. Cypress Hill mentioned that It's Friday, which you may be familiar with. It was kind of like the theme song of the Friday song. I love that song. Throw Your Neighborhood in there. Oh my God, I love that song. So they, they claim that he took their hook. Because they had a song called Throw Your Hands in the Air or Throw Your Hood in the Air. That's what it was. And so they were like, Be Real has this whole story about him, you know, inviting Ice Cube to the studio and playing some early demos of songs that they had for their album. And then Ice Cube leaving and creating a song that steals their hook. So he mentioned it. And then they actually created a diss song on that album mm. that, where they mentioned Ice Cube. That's smart. Why so, would come after Ice Cube? So man? this is Ice Cube getting back at them. Which, I, my, which I believe he does. And what? I believe he does get back at them. I oh, yeah, think this sure. is a good diss from Ice Cube. And Mac-10 jumps in right. and also becomes a part of it. But Dub C decides that he doesn't want to be a part of it. So he actually said, like, look, I don't have beef with these dudes. If I see these dudes, it's not on the street. Like, So I'm not really going to speak on it. And so he left it alone. Well, I appreciate you explaining this Cypher Sophie because that was one of the questions that I had coming into this. But like I said, I do think it's another decent diss for him. Mm -hmm. He's got some personal jabs, which I think he does well when he knows them. And yeah, I mean, King of the Hill, you know, uh, is another record that I dug. So I don't really have that much else to say about it, though. So yeah, so the next one is Three Time Felons. Yeah. This is the one that has the Beatles reference at the very beginning. Ice Cube is, you know, singing his lyric. And he's using the interpolation of the help with a little bit of my friends, which is actually from one of our favorite Beatles albums, right. Sasha Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, that's about the only thing I had to say about this record, but I did like it, and I really do like the reference on there, obviously. Yeah. I'm, I'm agreeing with you here. I think that this album or this song definitely fits the album, but it's not a standout to me. It's just mm -hmm. a, a good song. So this is the one that you would probably leave. No. Oh, so it must be the next one, Westward yeah. Ho. I think it's trash. I think it's misogynistic. I don't think that it adds anything to this album. There's actually a couple lines in here that I like. Just mm -hmm. one line from Ice Cube mm -hmm. where he says, it's intense dreaming of a black picket fence. For some reason, I kind of like that just because mm -hmm. when you think of the great American dream, the narrative is the white picket fence. He's like, no, I want a black picket fence. Right. So I kind of dug that. And you know what, to be honest, as misogynistic as it is, and it is, right? Right. Dub C's How many verses Do each of them have Do they each have one or two I don't even I really don't listen to this song When I listen to the album So Dub C Has a verse in here Which I actually Enjoyed mm -hmm. And I think He has some problematic language But he's talking about The kind of woman That he wants mm -hmm. And he was saying That you know It's the type of woman Who will slide me weed When I'm in prison And he's talking <laughs> about A bunch of different things In here And you okay. know what I'm not gonna judge that uh, I actually can appreciate that verse even though uh, i don't agree with anything that he's saying on there right, right? if the lyrics in that verse it, uh -huh. the situation that he presents if that's true to life to some people yeah you know what i'm not gonna judge and you know if that is true to life i think he did a good job of conveying it so yeah. look there's problematic language in there i can acknowledge that and again, the song in general is right. definitely problematic. I'm only yeah. referring to the last verse on there from Dub C. Mm -hmm. He's got some scenarios that I'm like, you know what? That's not my life, but I can see how somebody else who that is their life could really resonate with that and connect right. with it. Maybe. That's just a possibility. I could yeah. also be, you know, talking complete shit. I, yeah. I could be full of shit because I don't know. The one I'm thing just saying, I, I, you know, I just don't want to judge. The one thing I want to say about this record is... um. It's kind of funny. So one, QD3 produces this, which is Quincy Jones' son, for okay. folks that don't know. You knew that, right? I did not know that. Um, yeah, so QD3 is... How many is, children does he have? That's why I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I but, know but the QD, main two that you always hear about. QD3 is the son that 
is a is a producer was a friend of Tupac produced a good amount of Tupac records he also was the one who produced the Little Wayne documentary that supposedly Little Wayne they went to release it and Little Wayne didn't like the light he was painted in and then he he went back and sued QD3 to make sure that it never came out hmm. this was maybe I don't know five ten years ago I am unfamiliar with that yeah, but I'll be but, uh, interested in looking but into anyway, that story so QD3 gets a beat here I don't really like this beat um, the beat actually sounds like a Suave House beat. It sounds like something that you would hear from T-Mix on like an 8-Ball and MJG album or something I hadn't like thought about that. I'm gonna yeah. have to go back and listen to and it, it to see. It's funny because I think that this song was kind of them trying to reach out and touch the Southern market. Um, okay. And it's funny because maybe one or two songs before this, they make a reference to the South that I don't know if you noticed where he says something about like, we don't do those fades or Jerbo jeans, something like that. That's, that was that, a reference to the South? They, they were definitely talking about the South. Oh, okay. Yeah, I knew yeah, it was, yeah. okay. I thought it was another New York reference, but um, I, you know. You know, Jerbo jeans is like a big, a big I did not know thing. it was a big um, thing in the South. You got a lot of Jerbo jeans. Uh, you know, some of your partners oh, don't feed. Yeah. Uh, that's like the, the okay. New Orleans thing. And then, you know, the fades, the taper fades, right. that's like a, a big South Texas, uh, you know, type thing. So I think they were trying to kind of get at the South a little bit. Like, I think it was just more like, we West Side, we don't do what everybody else does. We we do what West Siders do. Uh, uh, but then they do a song with a beat that sounds like it's like straight out of Memphis. And I'm just like, oh. Uh. So I just want to mention People that. keep coming for the South. <laughs> yeah. So then the pledge. Yeah, we don't have to talk that much about We don't have to talk about it, but I, I, yeah. I thought it was clever. Yeah, I thought it, it was. It made sense. It I definitely it fit cute, with what they were trying to do on this. I actually probably went out and got this album after all my classmates sitting on this in a schoolyard like singing that pledge. <laughs> like like the West Side thing was like a big thing, yo. Mm -hmm. And you know, it is I think it was something where it's like we grew up kind of around gang culture, but like I myself was not in a gang. Like a lot of my friends were not gang affiliated. And so like West Side Connection gave us like our own shit. We could bang the whole coast. Right. So okay. then everybody is like, when are you throwing up your gang signs? I'm going to just throw up my West Side. Like it was cool, you know? Okay. And like I said previously, the last track on here, who banging? I like, I, I have no problem. Who with this banging song. on the Transformers? Man, I remember the first time I heard this, this, they played this record on the radio. I think it had like a tag of a radio station on it. I want to say it was 92.3 to beat. And 92.3 to beat would play the, just the instrumental to this, like at, when their shows would come on, like it was like that big. But first time I heard this shit, I lost it. I remember oh. turning the radio all the way up in the car, like, yo, I, I love this record. The beat on it, the swagger on it, I got no beat here. And then it ends with, it begins and ends with, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have anything else, much else to say about the trackings uh, specifically, so we can yeah. just go through the rest just as an overview. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of curious though, is there beef specifically with New York or is it with the East Coast? That's a good question. Because let me, uh -huh. the reason why I ask that is because I feel like when we talk about this East Coast, West Coast thing, mm -hmm. we're mainly referring to New York, right? Mm -hmm. But like the East Coast is much greater than New York. And the other thing too, New York has problems with everybody. And True. everybody True. has beef with New York. Look, yeah. Virginia, DC, Maryland cats have beef with aspects of yeah. New York. I'm sure that people right. in the South have beef with aspects of New York, right? right? <laughs> and, you know, and it's funny too, because most of my best friends from UVA, from my class, were the kids who went to New York, or kids who were from New York. Right. But the funny thing is, is my first year, 
I remember I used to get a, fl- a lot of flack from the cats from Virginia, just with me, my personality, whatever. You know, I, I wore my emotions on my sleeve. I wasn't always the most easiest person to get along with, right? But it was interesting because a lot of ca- the cats from Virginia, in my opinion, were actually dick riding the kids from New York in terms of style. I'm talking about the you know the, the fitted caps, the large throwback jerseys, large white tees all the Air Force Ones, like the whole style and everything. Like, and I was sitting here and I was proud to be where I was from. So I'm rocking my Tims and slouch socks. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, I was still rocking my hoodies. Like I was keeping it everything like from what I knew. But I always kind of just had this little angst against the New York bravado in the sense that even myself being someone from Virginia, and even though I have a lot of good friends from New York and I have a lot of respect from New York in general, there is an attitude that I sense and that New Yorkers think that they're better than everybody else or that New York is better than everybody else. And it's not just them. It's not just the people saying this, right? Mm. Hollywood does that a lot. I mean, like, you know, a lot of movies take place in New York. Like, just the the media, not Hollywood, but the media definitely bigs up New York a lot. And so I think that it's really just a West Coast or maybe just an L.A. and Mm. New York thing, really. Yeah, I think very specifically, we go back to all the New York critics uh, song, right? Like hip-hop was based in new york in more ways than one sure you know? i mean so, it's from new so york. a lot of new yorkers felt yeah. as though they owned hip-hop as yeah. a result of the fact that hip-hop came from new york and so you know raskas talks about it on soul on ice you know he's like in the sunset record where he's he's getting mm-hmm. at uh, the east coast he says something about like it takes real lyrics to make dope shit not proof of new york residents and an accent there was a feeling almost that like shit wasn't authentic hip hop if it didn't come from New York. Yeah. And so I think that chip is what you're getting here. And that's why I constantly go back to the, yo, the South got something to say, or the East Coast don't got love for Snoop Dogg. Cause like, you know, literally it was like, everybody felt like, oh, New Yorkers are like, oh, we own hip hop. And mm-hmm. then everybody else is like trying to get at it. So I think that's, they, they kind of became what the East Coast was to the West Coasters. But you know, I'm curious, what hip hop artists from New York had that attitude? I think- Or was it more just the publications? That's a good question. Because Mob Deep even said that that Snoop record when he's coming through New York and kicking down the buildings, I think it was Prodigy was like, yo, they laughed at that. They thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. Now they also thought it was disrespectful and they had to respond because mm-hmm. they weren't going to take that. Now this is this is Prodigy speaking here. But he said that like he he fucked with it. He was like, yeah, I, I see what you're doing I think here. The like, feeling, cool. I think the feeling was there. And and I, I think it, it comes out in certain things where they may not say it directly, but like, for example, um, the whole scenario where you know, E-40's people ran up on Biggie and, and Puff uh, because, you know, he's on the radio and they're asking him what he thinks is whack. And he's like, oh, yeah, all that E-40 shit. I think that shit is whack. Mm. You know, it's it's I mean, it just kind of shows the feeling where it's like, oh, yeah, them over there, what they do is whack, you know. But you know what, though? And this is going to be Captain Obvious here, but there's a lot of misunderstanding, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Jay-Z was a huge fan of, you know, UGK, as we know. Right. And Q-Tip was a huge fan of the Ghetto Boys mm-hmm. and, you know, bumped those records. And I think that we also had to remember what was going on here and not just between, not just about the hip hop publications, but about the media in general. Yeah. Hip hop was under fire, right? right? Hip hop was under fire in the 80s, not because of the gangster shit. It was more because like, oh, this is an art. You right. black people don't know what you're doing, right? Right, right. They had to grind that out and solidify hip hop as a mainstream music force. Uh-huh. 
And then you get a lot of criticism in the 90s, specifically about gangster shit. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that anyone who put out gangster music was wrong for doing that. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is that if you're from New York and you grew up with this and you had to grind to get hip hop to where it was to the point where people in Texas and Atlanta and LA and Oakland and Chicago can enjoy it and make their own music. But then you have to face criticism for music that you're not even putting out. Mm. And there's some legitimacy there. Even if the source of the attacks from hip hop, like, you know, some of the stuff was taken out of context and misunderstood. If you're from that area where, you know, you help create this and you feel like it's getting tainted, I can understand why you would take issue with the music coming out from this region, if you will. I'm not saying that it's right, and I'm not saying that they should have taken the stance that they did. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is that I think there's some misunderstanding there. I think that there's just a lot of miscommunication. and There's definitely misunderstanding. You look at, you know, we, we've sat here and celebrated, or I sat here and celebrated Mob Deep. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Mob Deep is basically gang banging music right. without the gangs mm -hmm. so um I, you know i think it's just a difference in culture yeah um one of the things i wanted to go back to one of your points i think one of the reasons i really respected scarface when i started hearing him in interviews this is like back before our current scarface you know he did an interview where he said from this point on i'm not gonna be in my music talking about houston talking about texas talking about south side like all that he was like i think he was like, it's like colonialism. Like basically they've managed to make us segregate ourselves mm -hmm. into these different regions, yeah, but we are one people as like right. a black people. And so, you know, we should just all be celebrating hip hop as one culture mm -hmm. and not saying this is West Coast, this is East Coast, this is the South. Like we should all just be doing music. I, you know, obviously in a lot of ways, this album is very divisive and, and really yeah. the counterpoint to, to what Scarface was saying when he said that. And I think that there were plenty of hip-hop artists from those different regions who felt that way. And right. maybe you just weren't hearing it. I mean, yeah. look, a lot of this, I think, has to do with... Like, I, I think that the angst that hip-hop artists in New York and L.A. and whoever who might have had beef and tension mm -hmm. with one another, I think that it was misplaced. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that angst should have gone towards the media. Because we know what the media loves to do. The media loves to stoke up drama. Right. The media is not going to put out a perspective from an artist that is talking about unity. They're yeah. not going to do that. That's not yeah. going to sell magazines. But it's not It's not sexy. They and, want the beef. And, and so they're going to, to highlight all this drama. And that goes just back to what out. I was saying about the life after death thing, right? right. Where Biggie said, oh, I want to scrap this album and I want to make this positive album. And mm -hmm. Puff's like, what the fuck are you talking about, right? right? It's not, nobody's going to print that. Like, you know, that's, that's not selling magazines it's not you know it's not selling records but uh one last thing um and this is this is just jumping back to who banging before we leave mm -hmm. this album and that particular song is where you get the response to the bitch in you by common common dissing ice cube that the bitch in you is actually one of my favorite diss songs in hip-hop of right. all time and um this is a response to to that by ice cube and uh we didn't really mention that so let's also make clear that Common was responding. That bitch in you is a response to, from Common to yeah. uh, to Ice Cube for something yeah. that Ice Cube said. So, but the reason why Ice Cube said what he said was also a misunderstanding, was, uh, right? Kind of a misunderstanding. Where um, in I used to love her, he talks about how you know hip hop used to essentially be pure. And then, you know, basically went to the West Coast and started dealing with gangbangers. And I think certain West Coast artists took offense to to that. Right. 
But look, I'm glad you put me up on this. I probably, I'm trying to think which one I enjoy more. I think I still enjoy the exhibit 40 Days, 40 Nights just because I think some of the beats on there are just better than the ones on here. But this is is good. It definitely was not a waste of my time and I enjoyed it. But like I said, am I going to put this into my catalog of serious, like music to really take serious? No, (laughs) I can't do that. But that being said, I can also respect the attitude that people from you know, this area, the West Coast, I guess, LA specifically, mm. what they were what they were feeling, um, maybe a negative attitude that they had and a justifiable one that they had towards, you know, New York hip hop publications and just how, you know, they might have had an axe to grind, they had a chip on the shoulder. I, yeah. I get that. Yeah. I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. I might have some biases to New York artists just because I do happen to like a lot of hip hop artists that right, come from right. New York, but I don't have any affinity towards New York either. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I don't, it's not something that I feel I need to defend. There are plenty of New Yorkers who love defending New York and they can do that just fine. So that's not necessarily my beef with this, right? Like I'm not going to criticize this the way that the New York critic did because he probably, I didn't even read his critic, but I can imagine what he's saying. For me, it's more, it's mainly just the fact that, you know, when I go back and I listen to some Ice Cube records and then I hear this specifically contradicting the things that he's doing in his previous work that had a lot more heart and soul a lot more balance mm-hmm. and i hear the bravado on this i just mm-hmm. can't really take it serious i'm not mm-hmm. going to diss it i'm not going to say it's whack because i don't think it is mm-hmm. i'm just i don't take it serious it's my yeah. ultimate you I, know assessment I, I, here I, only thing i want to say there is i think a lot of the way we as people kind of perceive art has a lot to do with our environment. Sure. Um, yeah, I and agree. I think that it's interesting because I think even though you're you don't have an affinity to the East Coast or to, to New York. To New, yeah, to New York. Um I think that your ear was trained in New York. That's right. Fair. So you, you kind of you talk about how I mean like, my favorite like, producer is from New York. Right. RZA and how you you kind of your ear when you when you began to really learn about music mm-hmm. was was cultured by Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, music. no, I, and, I think that's, that's very fair. a very specific sound. Even mm-hmm. within New York hip hop, yeah, that's is. a very specific sound. And I would say my ear was trained and my environment was California, the West Coast, you know, gangbang culture, whatever. Music that has a lot of live instrumentation and comes from, you know, George Clinton and the Parliament samples. So I think that's one of the dope things that I, our, our show brings, right, is that I think we, our ears were trained in yeah. two completely different atmospheres. And so that's kind of the reason why we're able to, I guess, look at music like completely differently, but then also agree on certain things. Yeah. But uh that that's actually the main reason I thought that this album was so important. But uh I'm just glad we got to talk about it because I really, really like this album. Yeah, I mean I want to say my brother even listened to this but he never mm-hmm. played it in the car, like on our mm-hmm. way to school. But he would always talk about I'm thorough and your burrow. <laughs> he always liked that line for whatever uh-huh. reason. And then he would always say like Mac Wano. Uh-huh. And then he loved it when Dubs like Dub C does his West Side a little bit differently, right? Like everybody uh-huh. else does their West Side symbol one hand uh-huh. with the middle finger and the ring finger interlocked. Uh-huh. But Dub C does this thing where he has like yeah. two hands yeah. and then the middle fingers and both are connected, right? Uh-huh. And my brother used to love that and yeah. try to do his little crip walk <laughs> thing where he didn't just like shuffle his feet back and forth. He kind of like skipped side to side. Uh-huh. So yeah, that was that was my experience of West Side Connection when this came out. The yeah. rest of the time, you know, I didn't even really hear it. Yeah, you know, I don't yeah, think see, that's that's the other thing. I was right? listening to all these songs for the first yeah, time listening to this album. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um 
Another thing I want to point out is, so Butta produces pretty much like the lion's share of this album, right? Butta's a producer from uh, Pittsburgh, I believe. Is he? So it's also interesting, right? Because we talk about how West Coast this album is. Um, and y- even like you look at Wiz Khalifa, who is now really popular. They're basically calling him like the new age Snoop, right? Like he's even done a movie with Snoop and the whole nine. What's the last um, time he's done a project? I feel like I haven't heard his name attached to any. I think he's been producing a lot of singles. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think okay. he's just putting a lot of singles. Right. But, uh, but you know, it's just interesting how maybe Pittsburgh was very influenced by the West Coast as well. Maybe I've never. Um, but it's it's interesting that it's an album that's so West Side and literally, <laughs> they, I mean, that might be the word that's said the most. If you made a word cloud of this album, um, it would be fish references and west side like you know what I and mean? the n-word and trigger <laughs> rhyming with the n-word of course because that's everyone has to right but uh but so and, butta, and bitches and hoes but butter has a heavy influence on uh on the sound of this album i thought that was really dope and then ice cube gets some production credits here and yeah, i think I that's also that. dope because i like the production here and i i wonder if ice cube is really doing this or if these are ghost producers because if he is producing so much of it, I wonder why he didn't produce more. That's a good question. In the future. I mean, but, he well, Ice Cube is also a very busy man. Yeah. yeah, he's got wife and kids, movies. Yeah, this is around the time that Friday comes out as well. So. I'm sure he's got other like business dealings, putting other people on. So yeah. I mean, at some point, there's only so much you can do. But you know, when people are music producers, I feel like it's something that you kind of you kind of see. I don't know. It, it, I. I just say that to say like a lot of times when I see the artist themselves and their name gets tagged as a producer and right. then their production career just disappears after that, it, I have a feeling that maybe <laughs> someone else may have been involved, especially with DJ Pooh being a relative of his, you mm-hmm. know, et cetera. Uh, the other thing I wanted to and mention- he has relations with to Sir Jinx as well, right? Sir Jinx, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sir Jinx and Pooh. The other thing I wanted to mention is this is around the time that he has beef with uh, his cousin, Cam. Um, I'm not familiar. So, you're over, just so Cam had a record that's like a hip hop classic. I don't even know who is Cam. Cam is an artist that came out around the same time, very political, and is Ice Cube's cousin. Okay. Um, he had a song called Peace Treaty that was actually really big about the um, the truce, the '92 truce uh, that that all the gangs did. Right. And he has a song called Woo Woo, which is actually, if I had to put my you know top 50, 100, whatever disses, that would be one of my top disses to Ice Cube. And I think one of the main impetuses of the beef was the W that's being thrown up for Westside, which became kind of like the, the big symbol of this album. According to Cam, him and his homies in his neighborhood actually came up with that hand sign because they're from Watts. Right. And so like it was supposed to mean Watts. And um, I guess Ice Cube saw it, liked it, took it, co-opted it, and created West Side, and it became like a whole West Coast thing. Mm. And that's also an interesting under-narrative that you don't really get in this album. So That's good to know. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about on no, this one. No, I mean, I think we covered a lot. So, so if, if y'all haven't heard this album, uh, please go ahead and check it out. And if you think that I was completely bugging for for making Outlaw listen to this album, please let us know in the comments. Uh, like, comment, share, subscribe, the whole nine. Anything right. else? Uh, yeah, no, just hit us up on the, on the 80s babies. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud.
All that. Peace and blessings. Peace. Who wanna scrap with a nigga that packed? Straight mass murder in on 24 track. I put it down like a hog. I got what you need. I'm from the west coast of Bad Sea with the bomb weed. Hollow points is my venom. I bust rapid in they beat. Flaming hot when I send them in them. Niggas out of bounds. Better duck when I come around. Moving the crowd with a tech laying niggas down. You say who my whole crew claiming true. Some niggas got moving. Some niggas wear blue. Penitentiary bound. Smoking weed by the pound as a clown. Sending work out of town on the great hand. Mac 10 is the lick. West side is the click. Can't get enough of this gangster shit. Mac 10 is the lick. West side is the